0: Hello. Hello, Merlin. How are you? Hello, Dan. Uh, I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing all right. Everything is... Good, morning. It's, Good uh, morning. it's Tuesday. It's the
1: op- optimistic day.
0: Today is the most optimistic day.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No reason,
0: no reason to not be optimistic today.
1: Bah. You know, it, um, it doesn't hurt. I
0: mean, it hurts you a know? little.
1: Yeah, everything hurts a little. Yeah. I'm gonna be fifty-four soon. Fifty-four? Fifty-four. Hmm. Hmm. It's not that bad. Um yeah, 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 I suppose so. It's not I, like fifty-five.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean that's <laughs>
1: God. I mean, you know.
0: Yeah. No. It's
1: better than the alternative.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had a, I've had a tweet in my drafts for months now. Tweet in my drafts? Is, yeah, never mind. I'm going to keep it light. Um, <laughs> yeah, ha, ha. Hey, what's up? Hey, going on? These woo. Crazy, crazy stuff going on. Big day, what's, big day. These ding, ding-a-lings in Washington. Be down the phone like this. Um, I don't have much prepared today. I figure we could have a, uh, 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 I have a couple things th- th- okay. that I could talk about, but I figure we could have a free-form discussion.
0: Yeah, well, I like that idea. That would be great.
1: Do you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is there anything I'm trying, you know, I, what I, I didn't have. Uh, as much time as I'd like to prepare, but um, uh, I don't know if there are things to follow up on. You know what? Let's keep it free form. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you're in Harris County, right? Uh, no, Travis. Oh, which one? Is Harris uh, Houston? Which one's Harris? Harris does
0: overlap into Austin uh, for sure. Like, I think the the Dripping Springs area. Yeah. Oh, geez. Oh, no. Dripping Springs is great. Um, it, it it's a great sh- area. sure
1: could be, but i I'd do a second pass on that name. That sounds that's like something you want to take to a mechanic it. or a urologist.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's what they call it. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's, that is Harris. But the majority of Austin is uh, Travis County. and Oh,
1: it is Houston. Houston's like right there in the middle. Look at that.
0: It's not too bad. Huh. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm actually not in a terrible mood.
0: I mean, it's it's good. Are you gonna Are you gonna be staying up all night? Do you think for what For what? The I mean, no special reason. Just hanging out, you know, popcorn and. I mean, a soda. I
1: don't. I don't know. I mean, like like a lot of people, I suppose. I'm a little bit superstitious about saying anything, but um, you know, um, yeah, I'll be rubbing my rabbit's foot if you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> oh, I know exactly what that means. Rabbit likes it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> are you gonna
0: have your little boy with you?
1: My little boy. Yeah, your little, uh, the lizard? Oh, you know, uh, good question. I, you know, he's, I, I think he's fixing to Um That is where, we
0: talked about this once, that's where he goes in and becomes kind of dormant and a uh, little unresponsive and hangs out in his own, in his own sanctum sanctorum.
1: He's in a sanctum sanctorum, he's in his little lizard cave. Uh, as we discussed, this <laughs> is a thing that happens, um... It's an aspect of lizard life, or at least of bearded dragon life, outside bearded dragon life, um, (laughs) that remains from the times in the wild, which is that like a uh, hibernating animal, a lizard will, at a certain point in the cooler climes, cooler times of year, um, you know, uh, sleep for a little while. And he had three brumations uh, last year, two small ones and one big one. So what? (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and I, I think he's fixing to do it now because because his eyes you go in there first of all he is in his cave he took a huge dump yesterday which usually precedes uh, brumation but it could oh, okay. just be that you know he had too many worms or some white castle but um, anyway um, I, I have a feeling he's got one of those coming you know this is I gotta say Dan uh, in passing in this freeform discussion this is once again a great case for what I have called the journal calendar mm. now. There, there are, uh, and, you know, we could, we could talk about some of these things. I mean, like, I, uh, I like to write things down. I have an intuitive sense of, uh, you know, as John Roderick would say, what the uniform of the day is. Right. Do I want to be using these electronic things? Do I want to be using these paper things? But something I started doing uh, really about a year ago, a little over a year ago, is keeping what I call, I'm going to say this again. I know you know this. Hello. There's always new listeners. One imagines, one hopes. Mm-hmm. Um, make, make yourself a calendar. It's just for you. And uh, I have one called Journal. And that's just where I put stuff I might want to remember. Now, how? why is that not in a diary or mm. a day one or right. whatever? You, you do whatever works for you, but it's super handy for me to say, like, there was a, a milestone, might be too strong of a word, but it could be I changed my medication. It could be that this is the day my kids started at, a, at the new school last year. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's also a great place to say, um, hey, brumation began. And I use a lizard emoji because that's how I roll. Right. And then this is where brumation ended. And as recently as, an hour ago, my wife and I said, when uh, When did uh, our good boy brumate? And I said, well, I, I pulled out my calendar. And I said, here's the three times that happened. This is really beneficial and gets to a big point that I've been talking about on By Friday that I talk about a lot here. What is the benefit of a list? Well, the benefit of a list is, if it's a list for what I need to do today, I need to bring my ladder to work, I need to buy white vinegar, uh, I should get some liquid plumber, um, and uh, and things like that. But the benefit of a list is you now, the most simple-minded, dumb way to think about a list like that is that I have a place where stuff goes. I know yeah. where stuff goes. Mm-hmm. I talked about this on By Friday recently in, uh, believe it or not, with regard to playlists or, you know, in, in my case, like videos on YouTube. Like if I need a, need a little pick-me-up, I know that I could go to the my happy place list, which I will put in notes, and that's a a wonderful collection of videos that just make me happy. Um, But it also could be a place where I park stuff like how-tos, like I'm gonna wanna remember how to clean the coils on our particular refrigerator. Uh And so I do real compulsive stuff about that. Anything that I know I'm gonna be needing to refer to, I download the manual, I put it in a folder called Manuals on iCloud, and I do stuff like Uh, hey, if I need to do this repair again, like, here's that video. Also, you can search your history for that. This also gets to uh, what I think feels somewhat profound, which is I I remember things through Gmail and photos. So Gmail is a great record of, like, when a thing was purchased or, like, when, when that thing happened. That's happening automatically without any intervention from me. And then I get into stuff like, every time I added a HomeKit device, I always take a photo of the... Uh, you know, uh, what's it called? QR code? Whatever that's yeah. called. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then I got a, I got a, I got a, what was essentially a list, which is I've got an album. So I have an area in my photos app called reference. And inside reference are albums of things that I'm going to want to remember. You know, I, I don't know. I just, this has been so beneficial for me. My kid just had a birthday. A thing that we do every birthday and every Christmas is we create, and my wife and I have a shared notes file and we utilize the wonderful ability to send something from Safari mm-hmm. into a notes file where it mm-hmm. makes a, uh, I think they call it a card. Um, so, so, you know, uh, it's a way of saying like, oh, hey, here's this cool, uh, you know, uh, Dr. McCoy's Star Trek shirt. I add that to the note. <laughs> it's very cool, I'll find it for notes. It's really cool, it arrives Friday, Yeah, uh, two weeks late. But yeah, yeah, uh, McCoy shirt. See, I'm writing that down on the list. It's like, like the children's book, put it on the list, McCoy shirt. Um, I think these are beneficial things. And, and like this is weird, you know, silly rambling stuff from your aged friend. But think about this, because if, if you're not doing this, that's probably fine. But start thinking about having a place for things. I Ooh. always come back to the cutlery. Cutlery, the cutlery drawer is a list in some ways, right? Walk me through I, how that's a list. Well, I mean, I I, cutlery to me is a a pretty good example of several things that are important values for me. The thing I I used to say a long time ago is like you don't keep your cutlery in the attic even though there's more room up there. Yeah. Why is that? Because I'm going to use that cutlery and that's a fancy word for forks and knives and whatnot, but like I have a drawer for that and I know that that goes in the drawer. On the one hand, I I know I don't need to look for forks in the attic and I also know that if I found a wolverine in the cutlery drawer, I would know that that's in the wrong place because that's not where that goes. Other ways to think about this. I have a a value in life which is almost everything that you do in the physical world, you should be able to accomplish with one hand and not moving anything. Okay, that sounded weird. Paper towel, you should not have to move something to tear off a paper towel. Grabbing a plate, you should not have to move something to grab a plate. I should be able to walk into the darkened kitchen, mostly darkened, which is, it's always dark because I can't really see very well anymore. I should be able to reach my hand in knowing that in that drawer, in this area, there will be a fork. I don't need to look for that. Um, And so to me, a list can be almost anything. A list is in the same way that almost anything can be an inbox Mm -hmm. being unprocessed or incomplete things. I think also almost anything can be a list and a list is just where you know the thing goes, whether that's a home kit code, whether that is a, uh, a chance, the rapper video or Letterman's last episode, like that goes in the happy place, right? And and I, I, the funny part is, like this sounds so obvious, but I benefit from this all the time. When I when I find a, a, a new song I really like, I know there's probably a playlist where I can put that. It's good for me. It's good for the people who follow my playlist. I don't know. I just think this is really beneficial. And on the one hand, yeah, it seems so obvious, but once you get into the list lifestyle, you do not have to be a maniac about you know um, creating dozens or hundreds of lists that you don't really need but if you discover patterns in life, why not put that in the right place If it's a if it's a, a dated event, why would you not put that on your calendar? Mm-hmm. You'd be amazed how many people don't put that on their calendar If it's the thing you're going to want to remember in the future but don't have to do anything about it, that goes on the journal calendar um, I have a an album of just Twitter headers it's all the headers. I am really I like changing my header, I like changing my bio, and I have lists for both of those things. It's just in the case of the bios, that's a text file with my hundreds of different bios I switch in and out. Not hundreds, but yeah, probably over a hundred. And, uh, and that also means that like, if I want that Twitter header of the photo of the uh, blue notebook that I took at Walgreens that says, uh, good point, I like to put that, I got that in the header. Uh, you know, the mural with the panda, the current <laughs> one, which is, the, uh, which is uh, Nick Lowe, and Dave Edmonds uh, in the the time of the band Rockpile. And I know that's all on a list. So this is my tip for you to, as a bulwark against madness, consider ongoing lists, with a list being any place where you put stuff you're gonna wanna find in the future. And and can I I put a little more uh, salsa on that burrito? Yeah, man, layer it on. If you look for something, that you have mislaid, not mm-hmm. not lost, and we all know how painful that can be. If you've mislaid something, you know, got it off by an inch or two, you you um you want to make sure you put that right. So what do you do? You go and you look for the thing, and you you go. So once you found the thing, and it's always in the last place you look, unless you're the sort of person who keeps looking for something after you found it. Think about a couple things. Think about the first place that you went to look for that lost thing, right? That should be so, where you keep it the next time. 100% damn, yes. you get a ding. And, nice. And maybe that's... But the thing is, your brain knows where it should be or maybe now. Now, the chances are, it could be something where, like, okay, say so you're like me and you're an idiot, and twice a year, you leave your keys in the lock of your office, which is not a great pattern. Um, like, leave it like, in there know, and,
0: and walk away. Like, maybe you're carrying well, a, you know, a you, backpack. Because, you got the scooter,
1: and... you got the scooter, you got the backpack... You got the, the case of seltzer, right. uh, you, you got a bag of ice, whatever it is, if you're that sort of person. And maybe you get a little absent-minded about that. Mm. But you know, I have another list, if you like, is I have a bowl at the house. I've created a little station for myself with a bowl. The bowl holds all of my pocket items. It's next to uh, a key charger where I put my AirPods. I've got a watch charger where I can charge my watch. All that goes in one place. The Apple Pencil always goes here. Now, if I can't find my wallet, that's bad. Uh, And because Tile is a a hot garbage fire and doesn't really work anymore, the Tile in my wallet may not make it findable. But where am I going to go look for that? Well, there's the one kind of looking where you look in the place because you're an idiot. You realize you left your keys in a door or you left your wallet on the counter at the bodega or, or what have you. But yeah, I think that's a really smart pattern. I was telling my wife today, the other thing is, like, I have, I have deployed... This, is, this shows you how insane I am. If I find myself... The corollary to this is if I find myself thinking a thing should be somewhere and is not there... Mm-hmm. Uh, in the case of the wallet, well, that's, that's a good example. But another one, here's a dumb one. I should never have to look for a trash can. I should be able to... If there's a place where I'm often standing and would like to drop a discarded paper towel... That's probably pretty close to where the garbage can should be. So why not create an affordance for that? Why not? Like, I've got a bunch of trash cans in my office because I want to drop something out of my right hand. And there it is. I recently persuaded my wife to have a second paper towel roll because I'm very into paper towels, as you can tell.
0: I love the paper towels. Where's your second one live in?
1: Well, the one had the the one that we've had forever is on our sort of kitchen island. We have one of those industrial, like, really cool, you know, giant metal kitchen islands. Mm. With a a drawer and a shelf and then the surface, which is huge in our tiny kitchen. It's very useful to have that. But I've been noticing as I cook recently that there, and I try to use, you know, a dish towel rather than a ton of paper towels, but I was really, this is dumb, but think about this for your life, which is like when I'm over, so right now the the paper towels are over here on the far end of the kitchen island. Not a big deal. Five steps, you walk around, but that accumulates over time. Why not have another one of those paper towel things over here by the sink where I would want to use it? Now that's just me. I'm weird, but maybe that's something that could work for you too. Is to think about when you want to drop a piece of trash with your right hand. Should there be a can there? If you want to grab a paper towel, I, I pick up. I pick up the lid, you know, w- with my with my right hand. You know, <coughs> <laughs> I need to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm what I'm trying to describe here is a is a bigger pattern that is along the lines of what I have heard called desire paths. And desire paths are that notion, I know you know this, but for folks who don't know, a desire path is, I believe, was an idea first used with regard to specifically um, planning stuff like, you know, uh, like a college campus. So you get the buildings. And then how the buildings connect? Well, you make these sidewalks. And the sidewalks, you know, attached to like an area where you can park your car and there's a curb cut and all the things. But then what do you notice? You notice that, so there's somebody who has decided this is where the sidewalks go and they build the sidewalks and they're the design people and the architects and the maybe the landscaping people. But then what do you notice? You notice all of these paths beaten in usually like grass. You know, you will see where people have found a better path. Like E.O. Wilson's ants. they've discovered a more efficient way based on, um, what's that term? You know, um, oh, the wisdom of crowds, if you like. Boy, I'm really turns out guy today. <laughs> but but what you discover is here's where they thought the sidewalk should go, and that's fine. Okay. But here is the path that other people have uh, accumulating over time have discovered is the most efficient way from for getting from the student union to this particular dorm. And regardless of the sidewalk that has been provided, you know, uh, by the man, you will discover paths that work better for you. Think about desire paths in your life. And this is where I get this, you know, obviously this is where I'm getting this stuff like lists or... Did you call it desire things. paths? I think that's what it's called. I yeah. did. I've
0: never heard that term. That's very interesting. Really?
1: For real? Let me, let me find it. I want to say it was at Berkeley, but you see it all the time. Mm-hmm. Friend, friend of the show, Jeff Veen, used to talk about this when, when I was working with him at Adaptive Path. You know, when he was trying to improve somebody's website, he would very often start essentially from scratch. You know, you, you know how it is back in the day with websites. People would we would create in the '90s what was called the B and B website, the Bios and Bullcrap site, mm-hmm. where people just give you a uh, floppy disk with some Word files of all the, the the bios of people, and you're like, well, but like, how often do you imagine somebody comes to your Sony International site, clicks through North America, clicks through the electronics business unit? You're thinking as a business. You're thinking in terms of business units. You're thinking right. in terms of all these different ways, but what is the desire path? Well, all I want, I want the manual for this camera. Or, you know, again, me and the manuals, I want the manual for this particular Frigidaire refrigerator. I, I have no interest in looking at somebody's biography. That's important to you as the company. What's important to me as the user or the consumer? So so one thing that Jeff would do that I thought was so brilliant was he would basically take everything off the table and then just very lightly start adding things back and always making it easy following like a Fitts' Law sort of principle. How do we make, as Jeff would say, the right thing, the easy thing? And how do we benefit from desire paths? So one of the things Jeff would do early on, and he wasn't implementing this technically, but from a design standpoint is he would say, he would go through and look at search results. What have people searched for on your site? And one of the things you do is you make it, you start to realize this sounds obvious now, but people didn't used to do this. You look at the results. What, what, what is it that people couldn't find by clicking? and had to resort to search for. Search is, you know, in the days of Google now, like we're more used to saying like, oh, I'll just search and find what I want. But that's a relatively modern idea. Mm -hmm. Used to be, you'd put up your BNB website and maybe have search. Every website looked different and every website acted different. But Jeff would say, let's go take this, let's follow like an 80-20 rule. Let's look for what people couldn't find by clicking. And let's make sure we bubble that up in the UI And that we make it easy to, you see this probably when you use something like your, um, what's your Zen site, Zendesk? You use Zendesk, right? Zendesk for support, yeah, absolutely. But like you've talked about, like if, hey, there's a question a lot of people ask, I'm going to bubble that up to make it easy to find in search results. And I might even formalize that into an FAQ. That is a kind of desire path. That is where you learn uh, from, from people's frustrations the wisdom of crowds, and you find a way to accommodate the desire paths rather than how you think people should be doing what they're doing. So, you know, for for example, like sometimes my lady and I go back and forth because she's very aesthetic-oriented and I am very Mm functional-oriented. And then sometimes we find a, a middle path with that. But just because the plates look prettier in this way, to me, doesn't mean that that's the most functional way. Look for the opportunities to locate desire paths in your life, and then consider uh, modest changes that will let you um, accommodate that. Desire path, according to the Internet Science site, I'll put this in notes. A desire path, often referred to as a desire line in transportation mm. planning, also known as game trail, social trail, fisherman trail, herd path, cow path, elephant path, goat track, pig trail, use trail, and bootleg trail, is a path created as a consequence of erosion caused by... Human or animal foot traffic. The path usually represents the shortest or most easily navigable route between an origin and a destination. Dan, have you ever been to the city of Boston? Yes, I have. You ever have to drive in Boston, big dig or otherwise?
0: <clears throat> um, what did you call me? No, uh, one uh, time. Big, one time I, I drove in Boston.
1: Well, I don't it know. It was if challenging. This is accurate. I don't know if this is accurate, but what people have said is that one reason Boston is so weird and the roads are the way they are is because that they were laid out by cattle. It was the, apparently, and I, I don't know if this is specifically true in Boston, I feel like this is true in other places, whatever amount of municipal planning you do, um, you might want to make some changes that are sensible, but they say that Boston was a city laid out by cows. I'll, I'll try to find that for notes. Well, what that means is that was never meant for cars. That was never meant for trucks, for UPS trucks. Mm -hmm. That's where the cows went. That's where the cows walked. And that's where the desire paths were were beaten. You know, you got things like in my neighborhood, there was a time before the earthquake where my neighborhood is very, is very much a grid. It's, um, I live out in the Western part of San Francisco, don't be creepy. And all of the avenues are numbered and all the streets are lettered. The avenues are numerical and the streets are alphabetical. So you know, like John Mulaney says, you can't really, per the Home Alone two movie, you can't really get lost in New York because it's a grid. It's easy to figure out. Right. The the
0: roads but go they're, in, in and up and down, and you know, kind of know if you're if you're going to Tenth Street and you're on Eighth, you kind of know which yeah. way to go, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 So the thing was, though, they this seems like a good idea, but so somebody using a sort of notional aerial view, so the, the the kind of eastern part of San Francisco, which is real San Francisco, is is pretty wild pretty wooly, pretty hard to get around. There are a bunch of big hills in San Francisco. Some genius in a previous uh, generation had the great idea of let's put a grid on the Sunset District where the, it'll be real cool because the avenues are gonna be numbered and the streets are gonna be lettered and it is, you can look at it on a map, it is a grid. You know what the problem with that grid is? That grid is laying on top of a lot of hills. So there are some hills or there are some streets and avenues where, like, it is improbably steep because they arbitrarily decided that's where the street goes. It has to fit, fit to this grid. And, and rather than saying, like, what if these streets, as in some smarter neighborhoods, sort of tacked around the hills in the same way that you would have a path on a mountain? Hmm. You wouldn't walk straight up the sheer side of a mountain. That's insane what you would walk around the mountain. But that's what we're working with. And they say, oh, God, I guess we really screwed up. We're making this. Now, where should we make the bike path? Bike path goes on 20th Avenue. Because guess what? The bike path on 20th Avenue is because 20th Avenue is pound for pound, block for block, the least steep um, avenue in uh, the Sunset District. So anyway, it's just funny how we evolve with this stuff. You make changes. You learn. But, you know, the, the beauty of the desire path, the beauty of, like, Then accommodating desire path through like these fairly modest changes through things like lists is that you can build compensatory existential muscles for yourself by noticing what your brain and your body would like to be doing. And then instead of fighting that because of some kind of sort of arbitrary idea, why not have a more wabi-sabi idea of like, I'm going to create the affordances and I'm going to create the paths that allow me to do what I want to do in a more intuitive and stress-free way. If this is where I first look for my wallet, maybe that's where the wallet should go. If I need to reconnect a HomeKit device and don't have that code anymore, hey, once bitten twice shy, next time I'm going to remember to put that somewhere. Mm -hmm. And if you want a second OXO paper towel dispenser, why not do that for yourself? I mean, uh, uh, so
0: how many paper towel dispensers do you have total in the house?
1: In the house or in my life? Uh, In
0: the house. Two. Two. I think that's reasonable. Do you have one? Do you have you ever put one in a bathroom?
1: No, we have extremely limited counter space in the bathroom. We've had to move into the third dimension, which is love. (laughs) That's right. I I, I discovered an ad hoc additional shelf last week. Been in this house for 20 years. I discovered an additional ad hoc shelf I'd never realized or thought of before. My wife nixed it, but (laughs) I realized that the the mirror cabinet thing, You know, you got a mirror and a little door, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but on top of that, there's a ledge. I was like, we could be using that ledge. And she was like, "Mm -mm, we're not going to do that. But like, if it were just me there, oh, you know, I'd be putting everything up there. Right now, it's just a bottle of Halloween blood that we haven't taken down yet. Um, How many paper towel dispensers do you have?
0: Um, I think we also have two, but one of them is in the kitchen and one of them is in the bathroom because, you know, as you know, when you have kids, sometimes, Mm. you, you know, there's you don't want to use a towel to dry that or clean that nasty yeah, thing. You get an
1: oopsie. Yeah. So you, an you last and night, they're right there. You know, and there's something
0: weird yeah. about it because like my whole life, I'd always made the association that, um, that like paper towels were a kitchen thing. And uh, so it,
1: exactly. Well, that, that's a, that's a really good point because you're, 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 you're teasing out the hegemony or the, the cultural, um, momentum of thinking like, how am I supposed to do this? Right. And like, there's tons of stuff that we can look at from our whole life where we look back and go like, why did we do it that way? Well, we did it that way because that's how we always did it. Right. Like, have you you ever been, have you
0: ever been to like, like in high school or something to a party and someone had like their, like a, like a motorcycle in the house or something like that? Like something weird that like you feel it doesn't belong. You're like, why is that in the house? That belongs outside in the garage. That's almost how it felt when we set one up in the, in the bathroom. It was like, well. This feels like, you know, you shouldn't like that, that you shouldn't do that. There's something inherently wrong about that because I don't know, you associate a paper towel with food prep maybe. And then you're like, well, there's, this thing is in the bathroom. I'm not going to eat in there. Maybe now I, maybe I have to eat in there now. Maybe I should eat in there now. And then you feel, you feel wrong. And, uh, but after a while you're like, yeah, no, this makes perfect sense.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, I could think. There's a lot of examples of that that I think are very can be very regional, definitely very cultural. Mm -hmm. Like the first time, like I remember, like just going in, like being such a country mouse. Even going and visiting my friends in Atlanta, Atlanta seems so cosmopolitan to me. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, I don't mean to throw shade. It is a really cool town, but like they had all kinds of things that we don't have. Like Mm -hmm. they had because it was in um, one area, like Little Five Points. Uh, that I always like to hang out, um, you know, kind of cool, not hip exactly, but collegey. Mm-hmm. Like they had this restaurant that was like my dream restaurant, where like you go in and like you you can get pasta, but they'll make pasta however you want it with any kind of topping. Sandwiches any way you want it. All these things that are like my dream meal of like being able to pick exactly the thing I want rather than being with, presented with a menu of what they wanted to make. Further to this, It's going to seem, so if you are a country mouse who's used to growing up in a fairly large house with a yard and having a car that you drive everywhere and a garage for the cars and all that stuff, like, that's a certain kind of 50s-ish idea of how to live. The first time you go into a house in Atlanta or house, an apartment Mm -hmm. in Manhattan or Atlanta or definitely Portland, sometimes you'll see, you know, you got a bunch of housemates. Why are these people's bicycles in the house and hanging on a hook in the hallway right? Why would you do that? It's like, well, why would you not? First of all, I don't have a safe place to store this. I bring the bike up with me in an elevator so that it's safe and then I hang it on a hook on the wall so they don't have a bike in the middle of the hallway right It makes tons of sense unless you've never had to think about it that way and i, I do I do think that there there are there are so many ways in which, like, if you, if, again, if you're a suburban, I don't mean to throw shade here, but, like, if you are the sort of suburban person that has a mudroom, like, if you have a room where shoes go, like, <laughs> that's, okay, cool. But, like, in San Francisco, it's not that unusual to arrive at somebody's house, and in Japanese style, there'll be a shelf, like, a two-level shelf outside their front door where they put shoes because they don't want to, you know, track it in on the carpeting. Um, yeah, I feel like there's a lot to learn from that. Also, I prefer if I blow my nose, I prefer to blow my nose with a paper towel because I'm a hard blower.
0: That doesn't irritate your sensitive mucous membranes.
1: Well, how far are you putting it up?
0: I'm. I'm just asking. Is that something? Second
1: knuckle. Yeah. Huh. 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 No, I don't know. Uh, opportunity. And that's stand.
0: your, your preference.
1: Is to to do it's it my prerogative that prerogative is what it is. It's my prerogative. <laughs> You know, like that, like that, uh, song with, uh, when he, yes, he's yes. Dan, where would people find show notes? Oh God. Show notes for episode. What is this episode? What
0: episode is, are we even on? 502, 502. 502.
1: 502. 502 of your back to work program. Where would people find that?
0: Back to work.limo slash 502. It's yep. going to take you where you need to go. And I, uh, is it time? Should I tell us, tell us all about something I like?
1: Well, you know, I want it. Bring it.
0: I would like to tell you. About SaneBox.
1: Oh, SaneBox. I know SaneBox.
0: Here's what I love about SaneBox. Most of us get too much email. A friend of mine, um, she just, uh, she was off for a week because she had gotten a promotion and essentially a new job. Uh, same email address. It's within the same company. And she told me, she's like, I just went through like 500 emails. Uh, from being gone for a week. And I'm like, yeah, like, that's like a day for me. And she's like, that's insane. And that's the thing. I don't think that's that. I mean, I'm exaggerating. I don't really get 500 a day, but sometimes it feels like it. We get too much email and SaneBox is here to help with that. What it does is it moves unimportant emails out of your inbox. It moves them into a separate folder, but here's the magic. It summarizes them into a digest. So you only have important emails in your inbox and everything else you get to process when it's convenient for you. But that summary, that update, it lets you know what's going on. So it's not like you're just missing stuff because you don't see it. That's the genius. Mm-hmm. And this, this works on top of your existing setup. It's not tied to an app. So this is going to work. I, I don't know about you, but a lot of the time I'll check my email using my phone as opposed to using my computer. But if there was like some kind of plug-in or different app that I had in one place and not on the other, that's things are going to kind of get confusing. But that's not how SaneBox works. It works everywhere with any email provider, any client, any device. It doesn't matter. And now I hear you asking, Merlin, wait a second. How does Hmm. SaneBox know what's important?
1: Dan, how does it know?
0: Well, let me tell you. Uh, Sanebox analyzes your past behavior, meaning which emails you open, which you respond to, how quickly, how often, and it determines the importance of incoming emails for you. And then, then the privacy people are like, wait, it's reading my email. Never looks at the content of your email; it just looks at the yeah, headers. It's,
1: like a, it's almost like a like a Bayesian thing. Like it doesn't matter what you think this is; it matters how you actually do this. Right, and and so and, and, and also looks at like importantly who it's from. Right, like that's. That's a huge deal. That's, like, that's a huge tell. If, if, it, if, it's, if it's a receipt, it goes into Sane receipts. If it's something you don't want to see anymore, it goes into Sane black hole. Like, whatever it is. You And, and the beauty of this, I'm sorry to interrupt, but no one, one thing I love about it is you don't have much to learn to use SaneBox. All you need to learn is that you drag this or, hey, quick, quick quick tip if you're using Gmail on the web, if you're inside of an email, just hit the letter L. Have you ever done that, people? Just hit the letter L. What does that do, Dan? It pulls up a label and it lets you go in and you can use keyboard commands to select whatever label or unselect whatever label you want. And now it's going to remember your behavior there. You can always change this later on by dragging it out, but it's going to, you don't have to learn anything. It learns from you. And I think that's very clever.
0: I think so too. And that's a great point that you brought that up. And, and it, there's a couple other things I want to mention that Sandbox does that are really cool. It has a one click unsubscribe. So it knows if there's a newsletter, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and can, can get you off of that, or if it's especially if it's one you didn't sign up for, it'll let you snooze non-urgent emails. You can move your attachments to the cloud. It'll do follow-up reminders. I mean, there is tons and tons and tons of stuff, but it's like, like you just said, the, uh, the same black hole, like you will never see that stuff again. And I love the fact that it will automatically remind me when I need to do a follow-up email.
1: There's yeah, really tons it's got of one where It's like, this is stuff, something you sent th- that you, so you've engaged with this, you've sent this, and you haven't heard back. Is this something you maybe want to follow up on?
0: Exactly. I mean, it's it's great. So here's what they have for our listeners. If they use our link, they will get $25 credit applied to their account on top of the already existing 14 day free trial. They don't need a coupon code or anything like that. They just need to go to this URL. It is sane, S A N E, sanebox.com slash B two. SaneBox.com slash B2W. Go there. In addition to the 14-day trial, you'll get a $25 credit applied right to your account. It's very cool. I'm using this now, and I really, really dig it. Uh, and I think our listeners will find it useful, too. So thanks very much to SaneBox for making this show possible.
1: Thank you, SaneBox. And also, you know, in a weird way, it's it's also um, kind of related to what I've been rambling about for 34 minutes, yeah. which is that, you know— it becomes along the lines of this desire path or list thing because, you know, okay, so like I buy stuff from Amazon, I do transactions through PayPal, like all those different kinds of things. Like, do I need to be, do I need that in my inbox, let alone do I want to be like bugged about it? No. I mean, like the thing is, like, if I want to track something, I use deliveries, I use that app. But and I don't wanna to have to create a you know, a hundred different filters. So yeah, this is about sandbox, but it's also about life, which is like, why why would you continue to permit new stuff to be dumped into an active area if it's stuff that you know is not uh, nutritional stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks, sandbox, pock pock. Um, what did I put in notes? My happy place. Uh oh yeah, oh sorry, let me send you the 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 McCoy shirt. It's in notes, but I'll send it to you. Yeah, I gotta so see it. This is a, this is a good shirt. Um, there's a there's a lot of Leonard McCoy energy uh, at our house, both through DeForest Kelly and uh, Carl Urban. Oh, wait, that's my daughter. Don't send that to her. Okay. Oh, oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. Oh, everything's falling apart. Are you okay? you Are going to yeah, be all right? There you go. No, I'll be all right. I might need to lie down. Okay. Um, Pop Art McCoy. There you go. That's good shirt. hmm <laughs> It's
0: good, and handsome. Yeah, no, he is. Um, why, um, why like a McCoy and not a Spock, for example? I'm just curious.
1: She has extremely strong and evolving opinions. Like at first, she used to be kind of a little bit into Kirk. Now she's not mad at Kirk; she's mad at Shatner. What um, did he do? I'm not going to use the W word. My daughter is very, very progressive, okay. and extremely online. So, for example, let's just say public figures that have a um, unconventional view on autism, celebrities who are transphobic—like she's got no time for that. I, I know. didn't know. So I she, didn't
0: know Shatner was like that. He's I thought an he Autism didn't... Speaks guy. Yeah yeah
1: hmm. um so 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 that will color things but then you got you got carl urban now of course carl urban you got to be watching the boys are you watching the boys
0: yeah i love the boys
1: jesus christ i love that show
0: i watched the whole i mean both seasons are are oh, are great I,
1: we this all it's like pretty much all we watch we wouldn't watch it because it's not appropriate for kids but um yeah yeah oh god when homelander pushes ryan off the roof oh my god um, that we watched that this morning, but we didn't watch it because it's not appropriate. Um, but like now she's got me, she's got me following ja, uh, Jack, uh, what's his name? Jack, uh, Jack Quaid, She'll Palance. Be following Huey, Jack Palance, uh, doing the push up She's got me following Huey, she's got me following, uh, uh wasn't it Starfire? No, Starlight, 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 Starlight. Starlight. yeah, sure. She got me following the Homelander guy, Anthony Starr. He's very cool. Yeah, he's a secret New Zealander, he's a secret, ki- secret Kiwi. Did Is you he?
0: Know that? No, I didn't know They're that. both Kiwis,
1: him and Carl Urban, who I, Carl Urban's accent i feel like moves around a little bit um i think he's supposed to be english but like his mom the drug dealer she definitely sounds like she's from new zealand well you know back new this is
0: something interesting merlin i looked this up because i was very intrigued by this because i couldn't place his accent and it and i was asking is his accent is it is it new zealand is it british in I, uh, or cockney in, in real life Oh, okay. But apparently that accent is a New Zealand accent, even though it sounds like almost like a Brit. I don't know if it's but quite. But in the comic,
1: com- in the comic, he's in. I think he's they're very much supposed to be English. Yeah. Um. Oh, so a couple things that are fun. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for you, but you guys, the boys, it's really good. It's really good. And so one thing that's interesting in the original Garth Ennis comic, the character of Huey. Are you, are you familiar with the comic?
0: I have not read the comic.
1: All right. Well, well, let's do an exercise in a minute. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go do, I want you to go do Google image on the boys comic Huey. Okay. Okay. Doing it now. Just for you. And and while you're doing that, I will mention that. Oh yeah. So there's a wonderful scene. Oh God. The scene when we first meet Becca at the party in the flashback Mm -hmm. and Homelander is there and you know, and oh, oh God, poor Billy back when he was happy. He's with Becca at the party. And at one point, Homelander walks by um, Billy and says, uh, I love the accent. How, how great is that? Because he's so totally good. from New Zealand, too. Isn't that fun? Were you uh, able to find any pictures of Huey in the comics? Uh, he looks I, different. Very different.
0: He, he is... Does um, he look
1: like anybody you can think of? Simon
0: Pegg, right?
1: He looks a little bit like Simon Pegg, because guess what? Huey's character... Is based on Simon Pig, oh. particularly on Simon Pig's character in, in um, *Shaun of the Dead*.
0: Well, he does look like him. That's pretty funny.
1: So it'd be pretty funny if they got Simon Pig to play Huey's dad. Oh, in the TV
0: show. and they did. I didn't know any of this. That is very Dan, cool. Dan,
1: where does Huey work? But at the beginning. Um. Oh, I don't remember. Electronics store. Right. Right. Where does Simon Pegg's character in Shaun of the Dead work?
0: Oh, didn't he work at an electronics store, too? It's been electronic a long time store. since hey, I saw get, that film. Oh, go
1: back and watch. You got some red on you. <sighs> so good. So satisfying. Uh, the Boys. It's it's really, it's really uh, I don't know, man. I really got it. So my kid was Billy Butcher for Halloween this year. Excellent. Photo. Excellent. Well, which is not hard because she's already kind of a lifestyle Billy Butcher title. Oh, that's good. We remember that we captured that? A lifestyle,
0: lifestyle Billy, Butcher.
1: Billy Butcher. Yeah, Sherry sure, sure dresses like him anyway. Um, and, uh, so all we had to do was add, uh, add a tire iron and, you know, Bob's your uncle. There you go. Done. Oh, here's a, here's a, fo- oh, I love this photo. And this actually, you know what? This actually weirdly gets me to a thing I have here on my, on my list to maybe talk about sending you a photo. This is not for public, but for you. Okay. Check out the photo I just sent to you.
0: I'm waiting for it.
1: So she's got the Hawaiian shirt. She's got the Doc Martens. Uh, she's got these really cool new Doc Martens she's wearing and, uh, she's got her uh, tire iron. Or as you say, a crowbar.
0: Oh yes, those are some good can boots. You believe that photo. This is some great. That's a great. What would you take that with? The iPhone uh, 12 Pro.
1: I wanted to tell you folks today about an app that I, I had here on my list to talk about today, which is the new version of Halide. This is it
0: great? The new version is a total ground-up rewrite. Apparently. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing this though? This is a picture in. It's a good photo.
1: In, near our house in the park, um, at night. What's the, ad- the What's photo? the address on that park? Let me check. The, the, the Sutro Tower, 123 Anywhere USA.
0: Oh, okay, cool. I'm look that um, up.
1: I did use a tripod, but you guys, Halide has been, there's so many good, uh, I hate that phrase, third party. There's so many great, there's been so many great third party cameras for a while now. And they all suffer from this one thing, which is like, hey, it's not the built-in camera. The built-in camera on iPhone is not only super easy to get to, even from the lock screen, It's also got special sauce that other cameras don't get. Hmm. Like basically, if you just can hold your goddamn phone still while you take a photo, anytime, you're going to get a real good photo with the iOS built-in camera. But stuff like there are others too. There is Obscura. There's um, Filmic. Uh, There's a whole bunch of good ones. But this new version of Halide is so interesting to me. They've done so many nice things with the interface. They're really using swipes in an interesting way. Um, Check out Halide. It's really good. One of my favorite things in Halide now is that um, if you click on autofocus, so of course, you know, it does autofocus, but if you click on autofocus, you now get a new dingus for being able to say, okay, I want to handle this focus manually. Mm -hmm. And have have you done this yet?
0: No, I have not done this.
1: So so you click on AF. Oh wait,
0: where he has okay, where you hit AF and then you can you hit the little slider thing. Hit the plus. Yeah.
1: Hit the plus, and now there's a loop, a looper, caddy. There's a loop in the middle of your a pro jock. Pro, yeah, yeah. uh, Pond would be better for you. You get a loop, and guess what that loop is? That loop is a little zoom in. That's not the. It's not not in. optical zoom in, but it's basically a little magnifying glass to say, here, let me help you get that focus exactly how you want until it's totally crisp. And so you sort of jog back and forth until you get exactly as crispy as you want. Then you hit the go button and Bob's your uncle. You got a beautiful photo. It's a really really cool app. And I, so like in this case, you can see here we've been going out more and like just doing fun little field trips. Uh, But like things like even with the light, I'm gonna send you two more photos just for you. But even with the light pollution inherent in San Francisco, like let's just say this. This is the first time I've used an app where the can well, the camera on my phone can see things that my eye can't. Mm-hmm. So for example, you gotta really you gotta click this one to see, but that's just a shot of the sky, which is not gonna look like much at first. So the, what you're seeing here is a picture of the sky. And probably a couple dozen stars. Guess what? My naked eye with glasses could see exactly one of those stars. But this camera on a tripod is able to see, look at all those beautiful stars. Yeah, you know, that's something that I've I've
0: experimented with a little bit and that I've heard other people talking about too. And it really is mind boggling is that there's like stuff... That you think, because normally it's the opposite, right? You take a camera outside and you take a picture and it's just black and you're like, well, I can see the yeah, tree, yeah. but the camera couldn't see the tree. And this just seems like it's, it shouldn't work this way. It shouldn't, this shouldn't happen. It shouldn't be possible. Oh, yeah,
1: it, it shouldn't be. So here, here's one more, one final one for actual photos. So again, that's with the, with the tripod, but that is very late at night in, in a mostly completely darkened park. And that's my daughter looking like she's in
0: Wow, that one's amazing. I love Isn't it. Isn't that cool? That's so it's got, cool. It's
1: got a little bit of artifacts, but it's pretty good. And, and when you shoot with Halide, you can choose to have it shoot as both JPEG and RAW. So if you want to process RAW in a different app, you can. RAW is not for the faint-hearted because it's going to look really weird unless you know what you're doing. But they help you with that with something called Instant, which is you open up the RAW version in Halide in their little editor, hit Instant, and it will do its best to take that weird, oddly gray-looking raw photo mm-hmm. and do what it can to pop out all the highs and the lows and the everythings. And as long as I'm here, I'll put that in notes, Halide. Um, one more, this is, if there's a photo I care a lot about these days, I mean, yeah, the thing is, the, the, uh, the um, iOS photo, cam- the camera is real good at getting a photo. The mm-hmm. photos app is pretty good where you just hit that edit button, hit the, um, wow, what's the word for it? The little magic wand. It'll do a pretty good job of, what is that called, Dan? When you say, do your magic on this. Uh, uh, do all the things. What's that called? <laughs> you don't talk about the top, no. you hit the thing. Oh, <laughs> let me, hang on, let me look here. And so I'm in the Mac <laughs> app and it is called auto enhancements. Auto I enhancements, guess, of course. And that'll do, it'll, it'll, based on what it can glean, and boy, this camera is great. It will say, so you're in the Photos app on your phone, for example, you're going to get a pretty good photo if you go in and just say auto enhance. So that's going to do stuff like it's going to do its best to white balance. That's usually light. In my experience, white balance and lightness are usually the trickiest. It'll often go super blue and mm-hmm. too bright, but you, it'll do exposure. Um, you can do all those different things, and it's real good at that. Have you messed with the iPad version of, Pixelmator photo.
0: No, I have not for. done anything with Pixelmator uh, at all on the iPad uh, at all.
1: Um. So Pixelmator is great on all the platforms, but Pixelmator photo for iPad is bananas. Really? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So your photos are all synced up. You know, it's on all your devices. So I'll take the photos with my iPhone because that takes great photos. Let it sync up to my iPad. I'll open the iPad. I, I go into the photos app on iOS, and then you can use your little up arrow, the share arrow, to send that to Pixelmator Pro. It opens it up in Pixelmator Pro. And there's a bunch of cool buttons at the top. One of those is, their auto enhance is crazy. It's pretty much like Lightroom. Um, It it does a real good job of getting that stuff. If you've ever enjoyed some of my better photos of the bearded dragon, where you can see every little scale, that's because I made it pop with um, Pixelmator photo. Now, another nice thing about this is it's not too cute. If you use it advisably, you don't overdo it. You don't make it too crazy looking. Um, But it it does a real good job with that. But they've added a new thing in this latest edition. And you're going to have very different results depending on the photo. But there's a little button at the top that has a bunch of little squares and it says ML. And it's a machine learning thing where like I usually do the auto enhancements and then I click on ML and you know what it does? It uses machine learning to try and increase the resolution of the photo that you took. And about half the time it does essentially nothing, but about half the time you're like, oh my God, you brought out detail, I had no idea. Final thing, I love this so much. Um, oh, you know the great thing on a website um, where like you're looking at a photo and it's a before and after and you have like a JavaScript style, like you can slide from right to left. Yeah, sure. And the curtain sort of effect of like the before and after, you get that in this app. Oh, really? So see, that's all, so
0: useful when oh, you're God, trying you to Oh God, you zoom in so two.
1: far on the picture and then do the little swipey righty lefty and you could see, okay, here's how. Here's the original. And like, am i happy with this. You can go in and tweak it more in like more manual enhancements. It's real good. And then when you save it, or you say done rather, it says, do you wanna modify this photo back in your Photos app? And in my case, I say yes. And uh, I would encourage people to try this. Um, this is a lot of gear to have, need, or buy, but if you've got an iPhone, try Halide, or you know, really anything, but especially a, a modern iPhone. Try Halide for photos. Learn and really look at their, look at their site. They have great tutorials and explainers on like, what all the different things do. Otherwise, it's just gonna look like a fiddly iOS camera app, but there's a lot under the hood. You can get a zebra or, as you say, zebra, where you can see you can get a, you can get a graph. You can get all the, the zebras to show you, like, you know, what the exposures are. Um, and then consider opening that up in Pixel Pixelmator Photo, I believe it's called. And uh, I think you'll be really happy with the results. Will you try that for me, Dan?
0: Yeah, I definitely will do that.
1: Okay. All right. I'd, I'd appreciate it if you at least give it a try. I will. I'd love to. Um, I think you have one more thing to tell me about. Let me see. What was my other thing I was going to suggest? Oh yeah. You know what? I'll save this for, uh, after your, uh, your next one. Would you tell me about a second thing that you like? Please? Yeah.
0: I would love to tell you about our friends over at Squarespace.
1: Oh, come on. Squarespace. Ugh.
0: Squarespace. I'm actually working on another, yet another new Squarespace site now. And I keep, I keep coming back for more because Squarespace lets you turn your cool idea into a website. So if you have a cool idea and you want to do something with it and you know, right now COVID times, It's a wonderful time to take whatever business that you have. And the example of this that I see all the time are for restaurants. I was just talking to a friend about this. All of these restaurants that in the past were like, well, you can come in and uh, look at our menu. You know, it changes every day. Now, that they're all online because they know everybody's got to order something. Squarespace must be really, really, really happy at how much they're helping people. Product on the
1: Line has a new sponsor this week. I went to their site. I noticed the the fav icon, as you say. I did the trick where I hit the escape key, and yep, totally a beautiful Squarespace site. If not for the fav icon, I would not have guessed. You're absolutely right. There's no reason to monkey around with making your own frickin' from scratch website anymore. A friend of mine once said to her grandmother, "Uh, uh, uh, Grandma, I would like to reclaim the feminine arts. I would like you to teach me how to make a light flaky pie crust, and she said, oh dear. I've been using frozen pie crusts for years. They're, they're, they're just as good or, or better than the ones that you could make yourself, and it's a lot less trouble. Unless you're in the pie crust business, you know, get Squarespace.
0: That's right. Unless you're in the pie crust business, you need a Squarespace account. And Let's say your
1: name is Cyrus, and you have a company called Size Pies. <laughs> now, that's funny how. I don't if know. If you're making good. size pies, why are you not out making pies, you know, that improve upon, you know, uh, the frozen crust, flake, your. But, like, let Squarespace do the heavy lifting. You bring the pies, they bring the thighs. I'm going to workshop that.
0: I mean, keep working on it, but it's a good start. Okay. Not everything's going to yeah. be gold, you know, the first time.
1: Well, I mean, is the, is the secure, is the, uh, is the hosting, um, is, it, uh, is it costly and it,
0: insecure? It is not. It is, it is okay. affordable. And it is hmm. uh, highly, highly secure. What
1: about patches and upgrades? You have to apply a lot of. They patches do and that. Upgrades. Do you know? They if do you can that.
0: Say. They do that.
1: Wow. They do that.
0: Huh. And they do twenty four seven. Award-winning customer support. And that the whole point of this is that they're encouraging regular human beings to make something, make it themselves, and make it stand out. And this is really the first time where people without HTML skills and CSS skills can create a website that JavaScript, is—
1: JavaScript, Dan. You want to learn JavaScript so you can have a Pi site for Psy? Si?
0: Take it from me la, as la, someone la? Who, who writes a lot of JavaScript that no one no one should want to learn JavaScript. Uh, there's not something even in the rain. not— mm-hmm. Even. So I would say that people who are interested in making a website, I would suggest that they go to squarespace.com slash it's your show. All of if imagine if all of our listeners just went to that URL how happy Squarespace would be with us. They might even they might even continue to sponsor the show if they did that because that would be a show of force of our listeners. How hard is it for our listeners to go to squarespace.com slash it's your show? I'm going to say not very hard. Well,
1: help us go viral is what I'm saying. You know? help,
0: them, help us go viral. Help Take, us
1: help them help us. All of that.
0: But then once yep, they're there, once they're there, use the promo code, or as they say, show code. Hmm. It's your show. Huh. One huh. word like that. And, and what they're going to get is they're going to get 10 percent off their first purchase of a website or of a domain because you can register domains there even if you're not doing a website with Squarespace you can still get a domain or you can do both 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or a domain if you use the promo code or as you say show code it's mm. your show uh, and just visiting squarespace.com/it's your show does, does us a solid. so thanks very much to them for making this show possible
1: Thanks Squarespace bok Bok
0: and uh, okay. there's something. There's a little a yeah. little thing yes. I would like yes. to interject. If you're uh, okay with that,
1: I'll allow it. I'll allow it.
0: I have uh, started and uh, restarted an old show. It's a new show now. It's the Quit the Quit Show. You remember that show? That's the one you like because I, I get angry. I do. It's a
1: corporate studio show. You talk, talk to people. So say people leave your corporate studio job.
0: It's more than just that. It, I try to mm. encourage people to start something awesome, and I help them with their problems. It's encouraging and... folks to make it. Make it your own with <laughs> with, with Quit. That's right. So that's at Quit Show is where they can go for that. The show is back, but there's a lot of people like when I tweet about it, you know, I've read it. I read something that said that an individual tweet only maybe only like one, one hundredth of your followers will even see it. Or maybe it's even less than that. So hmm. I, I posted a, you know, I, I would talked about quit coming up. I tweeted and people got bored of me talking about it. And then I did the show and then the show came out and people were like, it's great. I'm so glad it's back. And then like I mentioned it a week later, and people were like, "I didn't know that they were doing this, And that just shows because I thought i was I thought I was flooding people and overwhelming people with my constant incessant nonstop promotion of my new show. And mm-hmm. yet here are people saying, "I didn't know you did you were doing this.
1: Dan, it's the T-shirt problem. When you work with a certain t-shirt vendor in this uh, in this racket, you got two weeks from stem to stern. So right. what you do. You sound like an idiot. You sound so thirsty, so sweaty. You just say, oh, the shirts are going to be available. And then, and you might even say, because you're Cassandra Sisyphus, attorney at law, you say, you say oh, now I'm going to say this and you're going to get mad that I say it so much, but I can promise you. One hour after the shirt is no longer available for order, what are people going to say? Why didn't you tell me you have a shirt? I didn't know is that you the were problem doing a we're talking shirt. About here? Oh, I didn't know you had a shirt. Why didn't you tell me? I would have bought a shirt. I isn't feel like, is that kind of what we're talking about here?
0: Absolutely. And and on Twitter, the thing I notice now, I feel like on Twitter, nobody nobody sees anything anymore. Even even Mm-mm. with people such as I yourself, do you do myself at this point, Dan. <laughs> I mean, understandably, I think. <laughs> I was going to say even someone like you who has. Mm. I'm, I'm going to do, do the research. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put in the time. Mm-hmm. No, no. I'm going to put in the time I'm going to do the research even with somebody like you who has a healthy a healthy number of followers we're talking about hundreds of thousands of followers you'll tweet something and I'll be like oh you know this is going to go n-. he's going to get a, a million retweets and, and you'll no, get a reasonable I'm most, number
1: I'm, 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 I'm the most muted man in the world and it's so good that way
0: I don't know if Seriously. it's muting or if it's an algorithm yeah, or what it is but, don't,
1: don't look at me don't look at me
0: but I, yeah. think, I think that if that, you know, I want people to tune in. I want to help people. And yes. uh, I love getting the emails and I love getting the calls. We do have callers. And I think, you know, it would be wonderful if people would uh, come back and give it a chance. That's a quit.show. Um, put my heart into that. So come and check it out. And uh, thanks to everyone for doing that. And thanks for letting me put mention it. In, it put it in show notes. Show. Put it in show notes. All right. I'll put it in show notes. Why not? Dude, just put do it in the show same notes. thing except well, to the. need
1: a reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sandy. Is that his name, Sandy? Yes. What's the guy's name? The, the 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 Scottish guy? I assume he's Scottish.
0: Oh, the the Might name of from the actor. New Zealand.
1: No, 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 no. Carl Spackler works for him.
0: <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know if he's actually Scottish.
1: You lean, you mean, you're not too far in between.
0: <laughs> is it time to watch that show? You know what? You know what? I haven't watched in a while. This, this is the film? I haven't seen the film in a little while.
1: Oh wait! We almost watched it last night.
0: R- really, last night.
1: And my, my daughter literally said to me, I'm not don't worry, I'm not gonna make you watch it again. I'm like, What are you talking about? I love this. It's a little blue and orange, but the Aviator is one of the great movies.
0: It is Oh, a great I gotta film. find you that
1: documentary I watched. There's a multi part, somebody broke it up in pieces on YouTube. Uh Howard Hughes documentary. <gasps> Basically, so much of the stuff that we see in the Aviator is covered uh, in this documentary. how do I not know about this? I wanna say I don't know if it's BBC, it's something English, and it's that YouTube thing where they break it into, you know nine point eight minute segments mm-hmm. but i don't care know, it flows it flows send it to me oh please. but it's all there it's all there dan it's, it's it's got the urine it's got the theater it's got I've... the soap q send U- this t a- r a okay that black soap sorry uh soap of color mm-hmm. uh-huh. uh, you can still buy that did you know that I did not know that. What kind of soap is it that his mother scrubbed uh, I with? I have
0: done the research here, and um, mm-hmm. let me find... There is a specific soap that you can get that is the same one that he used...
1: That Howard, Howard's mother scrubs him with. That she scrubs
0: tub. him with, and it, 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 there is a certain brand of this soap, and I was so tempted to order it, but you know what? I was worried mm-hmm. that um, that if I used it, that I stopped. would, I would never stop. <laughs> um,
1: oh, wait! The future. Show me all the. This done right. So show me all. The, show me all the blueprints. Show me. Show me all I the
0: will blueprints. find the brand of uh of of soap that was used.
1: You ever watch Silicon Valley, the TV show?
0: I have seen it. I've seen the first season or two. Oh,
1: God, it's such a good show. And you know what? 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 Uh, it's. I, I. I so frequently forget that somebody's in a thing. I. I. I'm always forgetting. I forget. We just went through. Um, we're probably two thirds, three quarters of the way through the Hunger Games movies, and we're just we're just getting into the. Um, I think we're in. Yeah, we're partway through the third of four, and I always forget PSH is in the second movie. I oh forget yeah. PSH. Oh my god, I totally forget. I mean, Naked Cash Grab, maybe, but he's great. He's so Steve Bannon. Oh my god. He's great in every movie that he's, he's ever been in. He's going to go on the list. The, the, the podcast that Todd Vaziri and I will eventually start someday. We have a Google Doc that we've been sharing for a couple of years. And it's we want to do a podcast about people who uh, the actors and actresses who well actors, whatever you want to say, um, who elevate everything they're in. You got the easy ones. You got the um, the Roger Ebert classics, you got, you know, what's the one he says? Any movie that has Emmett Walsh or Harry Dean Stanton can't be all bad. Mm-hmm. Right? He's got he's got the head in one hand and the sandwich in the other. Bill Parker, that mother scratcher? <laughs> <laughs> See, he's a spherical object in the road. He's oh. also in blade runner, right? What? There's well, a whole the other, list of these. There, Melissa McCarthy. Movie. Melissa McCarthy. There's so many people were like, oh my God, everything they are in is made better. And PSH is you know what's going on the list? Put it on the list. Put it on the list. I'll find put it on the list for notes. If you have a small child in your life, you should buy them the book, put it on the list. It's going to go in there. I'm writing all this down, Dan. It's all going here.
0: Okay. I'm going to have to do more research. I had the soap. I had it on my, mm. in my Amazon list
1: to buy okay. it. Dan, so- Dan soap of color. He's going to look for but that. I'm going to keep looking
0: for that. I can't find it right now during that show. I don't want to take too much time away from the show. And I'm going to find you the
1: Howard Hughes documentary. Um,
0: 15 tissues to open a door.
1: Mm. They call them paddles.
0: You don't Remember have direct contact. Yeah. You don't have direct contact with anything.
1: Mm-mm, mm-mm. And what I don't, don't know how more? he
0: arrived at 15 because, like,
1: I've tried. 16 is too many and 14 is too few. Yeah. 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 And they show him stacking up the Kleenex boxes in the theater. Oh, it's really good. Oh, God, this is going to be your new thing. No, oh I need now, to No, there's two it. things you've got to watch together with your black soap. Oh, okay. no. Can I do one last thing and then we'll go? Yeah. And I have lots of show notes to write up to distract me from the world. Yes. One more, one more that I just came across last night, I was thinking about. Ah, you know, it's, it's a pretty stressful time right now. Um, it's a stressful time. And, and I, I said a thing last night to be helpful, which is, you know, if you're the sort of person that has trouble getting to sleep, you have trouble like drifting off, I had a recommendation. I've made it before, I'm gonna make it again, and I'm gonna provide some materials that will make this e- easier for you. Uh, there's a thing on the BBC, in particular, I believe, BBC Four, and it's called The Shipping Forecast, or The Shipping News, The Shipping Report, whatever, whatever it's called. I think it's technically The Shipping Forecast. And there are various versions of this. What you mainly need to know is that I believe a couple times a day, there is a, a, an amazing and wonderful and inscrutable radio broadcast called the Shipping Forecast. So you're somebody who has a ship and you got to go to sea. You need to know what the weather is, what the weather's going to be. And the Shipping Forecast is something that a BBC person reads over the radio I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, you should hear it for yourself. But it, the reason it's inscrutable is that it is every word tells, as I believe John Chardy, the poet, said. Mm-hmm. Every word tells in it. So you have, you have a forecast that you read. Actually, you know, let me see if I can find an example for you. The idea is that there are these sections of the seaway, or like basically the, the ocean, all the areas around the UK are broken into these sections, They're gonna give you the weather forecast for the next 24 hours for that area. There are um, ships at sea that monitor the weather. They're gonna give you the reports on those. They're gonna give you general weather conditions, but it's told in this way, in this language that has great specificity. Um, And you're gonna hear so many jargony terms of art. If you need something to go to sleep at night, consider listening to the shipping forecast. It might be a little bit disorienting to you. I'm trying to find a real good example. Um, just an example of one of these that I can find you. Um, you can cu- we cut this out?
0: Yeah, um, I'll, edit, I'll edit this. I mean, the whole show.
1: No, you're going to leave it in. You always leave it in. No, this will be gone. No find- one will hear this. Uh, but all the things mean things. So in, in a very abbreviated format, you're sitting there on the ship. You don't have a lot of time to kill. You're going to listen to this, like, probably six-minute uh, broadcast. And they're going to describe things like the temp, like the 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 prevailing conditions, wind speed, barometric pressure, what's happening with the barometric pressure, mm. these sorts of things. When all of this is happening, this is sounds boring because it is, and yet it's incredibly interesting. I'm sitting here looking at my book, the shipping forecast, which I have. I have four books about the shipping. Oh, I
0: love the sound of that when you tapped on um, it
1: like that. And uh, maybe we can figure out a way to drop in just a little bit of audio, but it's um. It's incredibly relaxing because it is words like sometimes you don't want to listen to. Like, if there's a podcast I love, I don't want to listen to that while I'm going to sleep. I'm just going to like keep me awake, maybe even get me a little keyed up. But hearing an English person read a very weird weather forecast <laughs> is very strangely relaxing. I'll try, I'll try and find you a bit of audio that you can maybe drop in here.
0: 40s, Cromarty, 4th, Tyne, Dogger, West, veering north or northwest, five or six. Occasional rain, then showers. Good, occasionally moderate at first. Fisher. West or southwest, four or five. veering northwest, five to seven. Perhaps gale eight later. Rain, then showers.
1: Good, occasionally moderate. German bite, Humber. So that is what it sounds like. And um, here's the thing. So, 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 number one, find uh, the shipping forecast. And you're all, hey, where would I find the shipping forecast? Well, I'm here to tell you. Some kind soul took, I believe, the entire month of August from a few years back, posted the daily shipping forecast for every day of the month of August on YouTube, a link that you will find in notes. It's five hours of different people reading the shipping forecast. Now, now, how much would you pay for that? You'd pay $39.95. <laughs> but listen, just agree to pay a separate fee. And I'm going to give you my personal, personally ripped MP3 file as much as Dropbox will tolerate it until it decides to cancel my account, you will receive an MP3 of five hours of the shipping forecast. Wow. I keep it in my uploads in Overcast. And what I like to do is I turn it on. I go to my favorite guy. and I'll actually find the Twitter link for this as well. I, find, I go to my favorite guy with my favorite segment. And then I set a one hour timer on Overcast. And it's very comforting to me. If you're having a hard time right now, that's so normal. It's a, it's a, Boy, I don't even know what to expect by tonight, let alone next week. But if you want a way to relax and have some fun, learn about the shipping forecast. It has a rich cultural history and is in, uh, it's, a, it's included in lots of different things. Uh, it's, it's in a Radiohead song. It's in an Oasis song. I'm pretty sure it's the title where Glenn Hansard got the title for the song Falling Slowly. Why Falling Slowly? Yes, it's about life, but it's also about barometric pressure. It is a beloved item of, uh, of UK lore and, and, I, and I hope it's a small way that you can find some peace in some uh, probably very troubling next few days.
0: I think that's a wonderful recommendation.
1: <sighs> All right. So we're just going to keep going, right?
0: Yeah. Only All way right. out is through. Yeah. What else can we do?
1: Hmm. 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 You complain, but who'd listen? Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right, let's button this up. All righty. Okay, I love you.
0: Love you too, Merlin. man.